Welcome to WNHH, to, well, to a WNHH to C-Click Fix Radio. I'm Paul Bass, welcoming you to another of our weekly looks at what's happening at the grassroots underneath that mass media radar set in ominous tones in communities across the country through the lens of the C-Click Fix problem-solving website. Today we're hitting the road to Vermont, where Eric Philcorn is on the road. He serves as a public outreach manager for Vermont's Agency of Transportation. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And um, we're in the studio with C-Click Fixes, Caroline Smith, Nadine Herring, and a newcomer, Margaret Lee, who's going to be doing the social media. So if you're getting tweets, if you're getting <laughs> Snapchats, if you're getting all sorts of Pinterest, what do they call those? <laughs> when you get on Pinterest, what do they call it? A Pinterest what? Pins? Pins. Pins? If you're getting Keep a pin, you're getting a ping, you're getting a tweet, <laughs> you're getting a Facebook, whatever. You, what do you call a Facebook? Post. A post. Okay, okay, help me out here. That's going to be because of Margaret <laughs> Lee, who's going to be so busy connecting us to the social media sphere. Bill paying aside, Yale New Haven Hospital provided financial support for today's program, and thanks for that. Welcome, everyone. So what's the latest news in Vermont, Caroline Smith? According to C-Click Fix, our real source for citizen-generated news. All right, so it looks like we have a signage issue uh it's oh been, no a signage issue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's been acknowledged already uh, and it was at us7 bennington vermont the reporter is michael keen 315 civic points now michael keen um the reporter in in his description shows that he knows quite a bit about signage um he says exit two on us7 northbound lacks any advice guide sign as required by section 2e.33 of mutcd and any ex- exit direction sign as required by section 2E.36. Oh, so this guy looked up. Who do you think a civic point guy is, Nadine? Do you have any guesses like what he does on his living? you think he has like uh, shortwave ham radios? Or how does he look up these kind of laws? What do you think, Nadine? Mm, probably a little bit of both. Or do you think he works as a McDonald's and just has way too much time? No, I wouldn't go that far. Or maybe he's doing something that really points to a lot of us is that signs are hard to make mm. right. They're so simple. They have a couple words, but often they just don't tell you where you need to go. Nope. Mm-hmm. So what happened with this when he pointed this out? Well, well it looks we like... We take our signs pretty seriously up here in Vermont. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have as many as everyone else. And that's because yeah. you don't allow billboards, right, Eric? Exactly. Not since 1968. I love that about Vermont. I love how yeah, beautiful well, it is to drive in Vermont with all the trees. and But you're paying attention to your signs because you want to get them to be right, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, I think early on Vermont figured out that its brand was beauty and that the, the billboards were not helpful. So, um, we, we really try to minimize signage within the state to, to what is required for navigation. And, um, we also have a lot of people out there, you know, some, some of our earliest, um, customers, uh, for C-Click Fix were the regional planning commissions and municipalities and folks who we work with out there as we were, doing our dry runs with the software. And so you'll find that we get input from some pretty knowledgeable people along the way, hence they're quoting the manual on uniform traffic control devices. That is pretty. Now tell me more about this complaint, Caroline Smith, the C-Click Fix. Well, it looks like the AOT business office hopped on and said assign this and issue. And that's the Agency on Transportation, mm-hmm. which Eric runs, the state agency. Exactly. And assigned it specifically to one uh, general manager of District 1. And that District 1 general manager hopped on, acknowledged the issue, and said, I will forward to our traffic ops people. Thank you. 
So what happened next? Well, it looks like nothing's happened thus far, but Eric, do you know anything else well, wait, about this First of all, what did the sign say? Like, what was confusing about the sign, according to the poster? Let's see. It says, the only guide sign for the exit is less than 300 feet from the exit gore and suggests right lane, but offers no distance to the gore. The current situation... What do you mean the gore? Uh, that's a good question. What is a gore, Eric? A, a gore is is a, a, like a, a leftover piece of land when they were dividing up the towns in Vermont. There are, um, I don't know the exact number, but maybe a dozen little triangles, rectangles of land in between fully established towns. And there's a, like, I, I live near Buell's Gore, and I think it has a population of about a dozen. And uh, that that's what it really is. It's like a, a hanging chat of a town. That's so interesting. Is it G-R-E, like speaking of hanging chads, like Al Gore, yeah, the, Gio, like, the person yeah, whose like life was changed by a hanging chad because all yeah. those old boobies in Florida <laughs> were accidentally voting for Pat Buchanan? Yeah. How did I get there? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, so you live in a Gore. Gore is a hanging chad. And, I don't and, write this stuff on purpose. So wait a second, Eric, you live in a Gore? No, I live near Agora. What happens to I those have... 12 people in Agora? Is their identity lost? Do they have no mayor they can yell at? <laughs> they have no people in authority to, to hate for no good reason? I mean, what happens in Agora? They have their own little government. There are Agora they... governments? Yeah. With 12 people yeah. in them? What? Yeah, they There's probably get together here. in someone's living room with a beer. I mean, it, it, you know, like Buell's Gore, which is just up the road from me, they, you know, will contract for services with adjoining towns and you know, they're welcome at other people's parties. Now, I wonder sometimes, given the history of sectarian groups, or Nadine, you're active like in the Westville, the Whaley Beaver, Beaver Hills, uh, Edgewood management team. Sometimes those little groups is where you have the most divisions, the most arguments. I wonder if in that gore you have vicious fights about who's going to be um, ruler for life of the gore. Does that happen? You know, I served on a regional planning commission, and I sat next to the representative from one of the Gores at a bunch of meetings. <laughs> he he was uh, quite strong in his opinions and was very good at, at, at expensing himself. I would say your average Gore punches above its weight. Can they can they tax each other? Can you do you have legal authority to collect taxes or have a police force in a Gore? Uh, you know, I I think it would probably be economically awkward to maintain a police force in a gore. They might have a constable. <laughs> now, so I back... think their, their, their charter setup is a little different from a town or a city. Vermont Vermont has a lot of shapes and sizes. Wow. So, so Caroline, and this, this was exit three off which highway? Mm, well, it says U.S. 7 Bennington. So Route 7. Route 7. And what exit was it? Exit 2. Exit 2. And there's a gore there that isn't in Bennington, but it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't get what they're saying that you should get directions, not just to Bennington, but to a gore that's near Bennington. Well, one thing he adds at the very end is the current situation encourages abrupt maneuvers or even worse backing up or U-turns. So it looks like it says it's, there's, there's a sign that's saying suggesting right lane and for, and Eric Hoppin, if I'm wrong, but the exit sign is like not placed in the right place. It, it says it's less than 300 feet. And so it doesn't offer any distance to the gore, so people might miss the exit um, because it's too it's too it's too soon, it's too close to the actual exit sign, and therefore they might back up or do U-turns or other kind of silly. So things. Eric Philcorn, this is your baby, right? You're on top of this kind of stuff. Oh, we don't understand. We don't understand this. <laughs> what happened here? What does the gore have to do with Bennington and the street sign? 
Are those of us in Connecticut where we're just mesmerized by idiotic <laughs> billboards on our highways for lingerie stores and theaters and Donald Trump? You're not. Right. Well, you're not in that fog. What's going? Help us understand this gore sign. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like deeply familiar with this particular issue, um, <laughs> but I know that there is some serious moral calculus that goes on. Um, for instance, if you're if you have an exit sign and it says like the exit you know, it leads you to Middlebury, but maybe there's another smaller town between there and Middlebury that wishes they were on the sign, and, you know, there's some back and forth about that, and we, uh, I think that the district manager rightly forwarded it to our um, traffic ops people who, uh, you know, know the, they dream about the mute CD at night. They know this stuff <laughs> backwards and forwards, and, um, <laughs> So there, there are some people way smarter than me who will who will give us some analysis and and make a decision about what to do or not to do in the long term. And, well, do you, you understand know, what the do you understand what the because I don't do you understand what the poster is objecting to? Who wants to turn? Who would want to turn in three hundred with more than three hundred feet notice? Is it that they don't tell you there's a gore there and then when you find out there's a gore you turn too fast last minute? What is what is the what is the simple No, no, I'm really serious. Here. I feel embarrassed that I'm so stupid about this. I'm trying to understand what is wrong with the sign. What is your sense based on this posting of what needs to be fixed at this sign? Well, you know, when you when you're placing signs on a roadway, you you there there's a, a a logic and a balance to how much information you're giving people when, and so if things if if you're giving people pieces of information too close together, that can cause distraction and confusion, and so you want to make sure everything you know you want your Burma shade signs to come in the right order, right? And so <laughs> but you don't have what those. I'm what I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just glanced at this one is is the the poster appears to believe that that perhaps the spacing is incorrect perhaps there's a piece of information that ought to be included i think that's what they're getting and at. is that piece of information that there's a gore there and there should be advanced notice you sound almost as if you're you're discounting the existence of the gore <laughs> yeah but i'm wondering if this is your point i'm very interested in this point actually get eric about too much information at once like mm -hmm. i'm wondering if this poster mm -hmm. is wrong that he's trying to get you to do too much information on one side, or if he's right, that there's multiple pieces of information you need to give people and you want to space them out, given what you just I'll said. I'll tell you, one, th one thing I'm quite certain of is it's not my call. I think we would uh, we would go to the oracle of, of Amy Gamble or one of our other um, <laughs> sign people and, and, and have them give some analysis. And I, I could certainly, maybe this is one you want to revisit next week. I definitely um, want to get to the bottom of the gore because it took about five, four years to get the bottom of the hanging chance. But I'll tell you, what you can tell is that you're listening to Secret Fix Radio and WNHH. We're giving too, way too much of a hard time to Eric <laughs> Philcorn, the public outreach manager and an incredibly good sport who's introducing us to the ways of gores and highway signs for the Vermont State Agency of transportation. Caroline, what other news do we have so I can get past this gore obsession? I want to pass this one actually to Nadine. Nadine, you got a news item for us from C-Click Fix in Vermont. Uh, the next one is interstate lighting. <laughs> and So you have someone posting a complaint about interstate lighting. Right, and this issue is actually closed now. What was the complaint? But the issue was two overheads out, very hard intersection, merging traffic. There were additional questions that were asked. What type of light is out? Two overheads getting on interstate, heading north as you merge. 
And then what direction were you traveling in when you noticed the problem? And the answer was northbound. So there were three comments on the issue, one from AOT. The business office assigned the issue to District 5 general manager. The District 5 general manager acknowledged the issue. And then looks like within a few days, about maybe a couple weeks or so, the issue was closed by the District 5 manager, um, thanking the, the citizen for reporting the issue. The item was fixed and are now closing the issue. Let us know if you have any additional questions or suggestions. Who is posing those questions, Nadine? So this was posed by, the. it was in South Burlington neighborhood, and the reporter was uh, Karen, who reported it as a guest. And then who was asking Karen the questions about where did you notice and what traffic? So the, this looks like these are standard questions that whenever you report a certain type of issue, um, depending on the service request, it will ask you additional questions. So these are automatic um, questions that come up. From, from AO Agency on Transportation or from C-Click Fix? From AOT in conjunction with C-Click Fix, they set up the additional secondary questions. Oh, that's questions. interesting. So, Eric, tell me about that. It sounds like you might have found an advanced way here to rapidly respond to these day-to-day sp- reports from people that really matter a lot when you're driving, but when you're driving, you don't usually figure you can do anything about it. Does that sound right, Eric? Yeah, well, this is, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm really enjoying about rolling out C-Click Fix is it used to be if someone noticed something, had a complaint, had an issue, there was a button on the website called that just said contact us, and it would send an email to me. And, um, you know, granted, we, we get people calling garages and knocking on the door and pinning notes to trucks, all, all kinds of ways the information comes in. But now um, when someone... Uh, sees a, a signal out or a light out, um, the the logic behind C-Click-Fix knows who the right person is to send the information to. and So, so there's an automated of, way to direct C-Click-Fix citizen posts to you. Is that an algorithm, Caroline or Nadine? Is there, there code that when you see phrases like traffic light, it goes to someone at AOT? It, it's not an algorithm in the back end of the system when, when the service request types are set up. You can set up who you want the service request to forward to, and then that person can set up additional people to receive the same notice. So, Gotcha. Right. So you can, you can have, have it based on where, or you can have it based on what. Um, so if something happens in District 5 related to a traffic signal, um, we could choose that it either goes to the general manager or that it goes straight to the signal tech to respond to it. Um, if it's, you know, something a little more, if, it, if it's an other or a, a something that's vague or doesn't have a location, it can come to the business office and we can review it and figure out where to send it. So let me see but, if I understand this. I'm actually finding this a lot easier to comprehend than Gore's. So it sounds to me, <laughs> Eric, like you found a way for us not to yell and scream and throw our computer against the wall when there's sometimes you don't need to go to a human being. Let me see if I got it right. So I'm a citizen, I see a light out or a signal. I'm gonna type in certain words and certain keywords might make it obvious that it's a certain part of town like District 5 or a certain kind of problem like a signal that in advance you have set up, as Nadine just described, certain people in your bureaucracy should go to who can quickly deal with it so it doesn't have to first go to Eric. But then there's going to be other times where it's not going to be so obvious where it goes, so it will go to Eric's office, and then you will take that extra step to get it someone. Is that is that an accurate way of describing it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's divided up territorially, so it can react to the map. If someone's using the, the app out in the field, it knows where they are. 
Um, if you're doing it from your desktop computer, you drop a pin on the map roughly where the problem is. Um, so, so that gives us a lot of uh, information on how to route the issue, you know, from the first click. And then do you follow up, Eric, if you're not needed on the first end because the system efficiently got it to the tech who's going to fix it, do you at some point look in, do you check C-Click Fix every day to see who's commenting and what the trajectory is of the response? Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're like I said, just, just in our infancy of using it, but we're, we're finding that we, we really monitor it like any other social media platform. And you said, yeah. did you now? Are you using this now more than your your regular government website where people could click in a report? Are you seeing a migration the way we have in so many other communities, beginning with New Haven, where Seek yeah. Fix, a, a private solution working in tandem government, turned out to be a more efficient liaison than the government itself? Um, I, I I didn't quite get your question. Are you saying are, are more your efficient are your public government? reports basically migrating? Are citizens migrating to this platform you set up at Seek Fix? more so than contacting you directly through the website for these problems? I would say, you know, construction season is just ramping up, so things are about to get very busy. Um, I think that probably, at least from where I sit, I'm seeing more things hitting the secret fix map than I am seeing coming in through my front door in the past couple of weeks, so I think we are definitely siphoning off some some traffic in that direction, which is great. People are learning how to use it. Um, and you know, for us, it's it's saving potentially dozens of emails on an individual complaint and allowing people to focus on getting the job done as opposed to moving the information around. That, that's awesome, Eric. What what are, what are people complaining about at construction season? You said it's ramping up. What what kind of complaints do you have to deal with from citizens driving their cars on the road now that you're working on the highways that the weather's better? Well. You know, last night I got an email, not a secret fix, but an email from a, a woman who was upset that she was stuck in a rolling roadblock um, where we were bringing steel onto a bridge project that we were, we were building out on the interstate. And as I, 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 the email pings right before dinner, and I, I picked up my iPhone and I responded. And this morning she was like, I can't believe I didn't get a canned response. You're a real human. <laughs> um, and so, you, you are, because right? I'm not looking at you. I'm just taking this on faith. Right. right. I, and, and I still I, I like to play with people, so I, I still enjoy interacting with the public even when, um, when they get cranky, because sometimes it's just that they don't understand what we're doing. Um, what, were so, you, what were you eating for dinner last night? Uh, I had uh, lentil soup and uh, some baguettes that I made. Awesome. And, uh, you made the baguettes? Sim simple dinner. You made the baguettes? I made the baguettes. My wife made the lentil soup. And did the baguettes come out crisp on the outside and kind of doughy on the inside? <laughs> they, they, they do. They do. They're, they're pretty good. Way to go, Eric. And now they're good fresh. Here, so you got this uh, call. I love more than chainsawing and baking in the same day. <laughs> <laughs> so you get this call. Your wife and you are about to sit down to dinner. The lentil soup smelling great. The baguettes are at peak edible <laughs> moment. And you get this ping about the steel. And this woman's having a hard time on the highway. Did you eat the baguettes first and then make a call? Or how did you deal with this problem? Uh, I, I, I actually responded before dinner. But don't tell my wife. But what did you do? What did you? How did you respond? What well, was the I, action? I, I, mean, I just pulled out my iPhone and I typed typed a message back. It was just that that one was an email that came through. And what did you What did you write back? Like, what? How did you deal with the fact? What can you do? Was she just upset 
that her trip was delayed because once in a while you have to bring steel across the highway to fix a bridge. Yeah, and you know what? She just didn't know why. She thought that, that the sheriffs were just doing it to, to ruin her day. And, um, you know, understandably, she didn't see the girders. She just saw the traffic. So I wrote her and, back. And, and you I, knew about, I, how did you know about the girders? Um, because I had gotten a press release from the contractor who was doing the job. Um, so I knew, I knew what was happening. And you know, we have about a hundred projects going on this summer. And I don't know everything about every one of them, but a lot of it does kind of stick in my random access memory. So the lane, you knew a lane was being blocked so that a crew can get steel across the road to a bridge. So you had a you had a good dinner. It was a quick email. She felt better about her traffic because she had some good information. Knew she wasn't just getting punked by the sheriffs, and it was kind of all was happy in Vermont. Yeah, as far as at least everything that I knew about at the time. All right, Nadine and Caroline, do we have any other um, news from Vermont's roads? We do. We do. We have a, a dead raccoon in the Uh-oh. road. It, this issue has been closed. Where was the dead um, raccoon? It was at seventeen sixty five Main Street. New Haven, Vermont. Whoa. New Haven, I've been Vermont. to New Haven, Vermont. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Uh, reporter was Ann Watson, also a guest. Um, description. There is a large dead raccoon in the middle of the road. It is on Route 17 in New Haven, directly in front of number 1765 Main Street. It is going to be a mess if people run over it. It is right in front of my house. Um, Uh-oh. Uh, the, the secondary question that was asked is, what direction of travel is impacted? And she said both directions. Oh, so the raccoon was a big enough raccoon. It was getting north and south or east and west at the same time. <laughs> so what was next? What was the response? So it was uh, it was passed from the AOT to District 5 General Manager. Uh, they, uh, District 5 acknowledged the issue, said, thank you for submitting your concern. Your message will be forwarded to the appropriate person. Um, and then they assigned it to the area maintenance supervisor for District and 5. Did this, this happened what Eric described, Nadine and Eric talking about a minute ago, the automatic, mm-hmm. did that go automatically District 5 without Eric having to stop pulling the baguettes out of the oven? Bingo. Okay. Um, and district that district five administrative assistant hopped on, closed it, said raccoon is out of the road, and the reporter, the citizen reporter, hopped on and said, "Thank you for fixing this issue. I had moved it to the side. Then when I went out this morning, it was back in the middle of the road. Oh no! <laughs> thanks for coming and <laughs> maybe it wasn't dead. Uh, thanks for coming and getting it. The crows got a good meal too in the meantime. <laughs> Whoa! So everyone got happy. I went to crows though didn't get any baguettes. They got fresh raccoons. So how long did that take? I think that's a buried lead in the whole thing is that it was moved to the side and crawled back in the middle again. So I, I don't know if it's maybe a, a Rick Grimes type raccoon or what, but, um, Eric, yeah, how do, do, we, seriously, Eric, how do you, why do you think the raccoon was back in the road? Do you think someone walked along the side, put it back in? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm mystified. I mean, the, you know, maybe the crows thought it would it cook better in the pavement. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, have a lot of wildlife in Vermont, um, and you know, raccoons. As I say to my kids, that that's a funny place to take a nap. Um, <laughs> we we have more than we can possibly keep up with in terms of actually removing the carcasses, and we have some pretty efficient uh, natural systems for disposing of them in the form of vultures and crows and folks, mm-hmm. and so. We we try and get stuff out of the way if it's if it's a road hazard, um, and then we also work with the Department of Fish and Wildlife um, to to remove you know some of the larger ones. But it's a it's one of those things where we we don't have a ton of resources to uh, to to actually completely dispose of these things. So we just try and keep them out of the way of travelers and make sure they're not a road hazard because you know a collision with a moose is not 
something you necessarily walk away from. So the way you prioritize it is if it's going to block traffic so that when you get a report like this one, you do respond because it's affecting traffic. Yeah. But it's also true that you can't even keep up with all the roadkill and the traffic so that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I think that I think that's true with just about anything in this business. Um, mm-hmm. Short of you know a, a bulletproof asset management plan. Um, yeah. All right. Well, good job on the raccoon, Eric. Nadine, do we have any more from Do we have any more from Vermont, Nadine? Before we have Eric weigh in on some New Haven, Connecticut, as opposed to New Haven, Vermont. That's it for issues issues for Vermont. Oh, let's hear Eric, you got a few minutes to stick with us, maybe five or ten, while we tell you what's going on in New Haven and see if any of it rings a bell with you. I'll I'll just be here looking at my C-Click Fix map. (laughs) All right, thanks a lot. You see, you do know how to have fun, man. The baguettes (laughs) and the C-Click Fix map. So Nadine or Carolyn, hit me with something in New Haven. So we have a public space streets and drains issue reported by C-Click Fix user Scott on 5-3. This was on 128 Bishop Street. Um, he included a photo, and it was of an old chair that was left on the curb. He said this chair has been sitting on the sidewalk for probably a couple months now, and it's really an eyesore. So the same day, the Department of Public Works acknowledged the issue, and then within two days, um, the issue was closed. So the item was picked up, the issue was closed, and once again, um, they said thank you for reporting the issue. Any further issues, reach out through C-Click Fix. Now, Nadine, I'm sorry. Did you say where that was? 128 Bishop Street. Okay, so I was in East Rock. Yes. So we had a happy ending there, and Public Works was on it. Yes. Eric, do you, you deal much with chairs? I know you, I hear you get raccoons and moose. Do we, do we, this is drainage? This was um, illegal dumping, so it was in a public space. Oh, man. Yeah, we get that. Um, it, it, it's particularly difficult for us at, at like park and rides and, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, the truck parking areas, it's, it's, it's horrible. Um, and you know, we, we, we do what we can to keep up with it. We, we actually just came off of our annual green up day, which is another thing that goes back almost as far as the billboard ban where, um, Pretty much the whole state grabs a trash bag and hits the road and cleans everything up. And so now is a particularly good time to drive through Vermont. But it's it's just a matter of time before someone decides something's going to fall off the back of their truck on purpose. Oh, yeah. So th- can you tell me a little more about Green Up Day? Wh- who does the cleanup and how does it work? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a volunteer force. I mean, we, we get out and, and we, you know, we spend about, I want to say $750,000 a year just picking up trash along the numbered state routes in the interstate. Um, and so that's a big part of our, our spring routine. After we're uh, done plowing snow, we get out and, and pick up the trash. Um, but for all of the town highways and back roads, um, there's, a, there's an annual event which has been going on, I want to say, since the early 70s. It was, was uh, one of our governors who... who instituted originally and uh so you know thousands of volunteers around the state pick a pick a stretch of road and go pick up the trash and then the town garages will take the trash bags and um you know local trash haulers will offer um free disposal and so we it's green up day and we we do it statewide we hit it hard for a day and you know sometimes people cheat and get out the week before that's um, a good kind it's, of cheating it's a great and it's now the Vermont chair throwing is spreading. I saw in Nevada some fans of your Vermont senator throwing some chairs around the other night at a um, caucus, but I guess that's outside your purview. 
with the uh, uh yeah i'm a i'm a classified employee so i don't get involved in politics <laughs> except, <laughs> except when i accidentally make jokes about gore and hanging chats so cool yeah i thought that was excellent that was a keeper so let's so guys we're on c click fix radio we got a few minutes left with a delightful guest eric philcorn the public outreach manager for the state agency of transportation who shows that you can work in a government bureaucracy and still be in touch with citizens even at dinner time and keep your sense of humor Caroline and Nadine from C-Click Fix Radio. What other New Haven, Connecticut items do we have on our agenda? Sure thing. We have one last one. Uh, pothole issue acknowledged uh, by the Department of Public Works. Um, uh, description road under the bridge, and this is on James Street, is badly damaged. Potholes filled but still in poor condition. It has been like this for years. Resident reports. Um, some comments. A guest hops on and says, I reported this back in 2014 wow. and still has not been fixed. They did fix uh, the other underpass, however. And the Department of P Public Works immediately hopped on. We assigned this road to repave and it's on a list with other locations. Until the road can be repaved, we will continue to maintain it. We'll check for potholes. Thank you. Right. So sometimes there here in New Haven, we have, I'm sure you have the problem even more because you have even probably a worse winter than we do or not worse, a more challenging one for the roads. <laughs> is that there's a more permanent fix for paving streets that takes more money, more time. Until we get there, we often have our crews patch a pothole knowing that that's not a long-term solution. How, how does it work up there when you get these kind of complaints? You know, it's, it's, it's the same game as anywhere. We, we, um, we try to keep up with the potholes, but we, we also really try to focus on, on the long-term. One of my, I, we got a, a, a pothole complaint on a bridge the other day, and I was very pleased to be able to post back, we'll be replacing this bridge this summer. You know, <laughs> nice. We're going to replace the whole darn bridge. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put some patch on that in the near term. But it, it's always nice to be able to give people better long-term news. Mm -hmm. Patching potholes is, is a, in many ways, a, a game of whack-a-mole. And I've, I've been out doing it myself. It's actually one of my favorite things. I get to go out and do a couple work days during the summer and, and see what the crews actually do. And, Who um, are you? I, I know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a major thing we were hearing about on the show earlier. He goes out and also runs out to help patch up the potholes. Yeah. You're a superhero. I'm sorry, Eric. We did interrupt you, though. So tell us sorry, about what you got. That's all right. That's all right. Okay. So you go out and patch up the Just, potholes. You know, we you patch them when we can. We, we do um, preventative maintenance where we can. And ideally, we like to do good capital projects that, that last a long time. And, uh, you know, every road, depending on how much traffic it gets, will get slightly different treatments. But we're, we're working on it. All right. Well, you, I appreciate that you took your time from all that work you do to join us on Dateline New Haven's C-Click Fix Radio. Eric Philcorn, thank you so much for joining us today from your job at the Vermont State Agency of Transportation. I learned a lot about Vermont and very impressed with the stuff you have going on up there come up and see us sometime we will we actually do we, we go to vermont quite a bit love vermont um and i want to thank caroline smith and nadine herring of c click fix for giving us the news and margaret lee for pumping it all out with all those fun <laughs> verbs on the social media network thanks to yale new haven hospital for financial support for today's program we're going to take it out with the afro-semitic experience playing eliyahu hanavi from the group's 2002 cd this is the afro-semitic experience this is paul bass hoping you kill it today and avoid roadkill, including the raccoons. Chills with us here all day and all night at WNHH New Haven's home for community radio for more local talk and music.